0: Good old March, the month that spring begins here in the States, and those of us who participate start to awaken from our winter caves of hibernation. I made it through another winter here in Indiana, and I am ready to get back to my favorite hiking trails and tackle some of those spring crafts that I've been pinning the past few months. will admit that I'm a frickin' frugal crafter. Those of you that have done it know that it adds up quite quickly. Even if your best friend works at a craft store and lets you use her discount sometimes. Hey, Brady. Avid crafters are always looking for ways to save. You may buy yarn in bulk when it goes on sale, keep every bit of scrap fabric to one day make that quilt, or even maybe try to make some of the supplies yourself. I like to go to the Everything a Dollar 25 store. So many crafts and witchy supplies to choose from. Who knew? Now I have done some things I am not proud of in the name of gathering or saving money on craft supplies. There is a certain hobby shop that Doesn't mind a little lobbying against homosexuals that I occasionally frequent, but only on a rare occasion and with a coupon. But our rotten woman in today's episode takes it to an entirely different level. I am talking penthouse, top floor, you win the most rotten award, the horrendous, vile, and monstrous woman called Ilse Koch. Yes, that is her last name, and yes, I will be emphasizing it each and every time I say it and using it far more often than it need be. But it's okay. It starts with a K. Well, what did Miss Koch do, you say? number of things, including being married to a sadistic SS officer and going above and way beyond joining him in his job of overseeing death camps for the Nazis. Now, when I say above and beyond, I mean some twisted stuff. For starters, if she liked a prisoner's skin or tattoos, she would have them taken away for special studies, and they were killed and skinned. Then she would take that skin and either hand make or force other prisoners to make accessories and home decor out of it. That's right, at the same time Mr. Gaines was committing his crimes in secrecy, this woman was actively doing the same thing en masse and getting away with it with the help from other Nazis. She openly displayed her Crafts in her home and even carried a handbag made out of the human leather. She would also have pretty much anything else she could think of made out of human skins lampshades, gloves, light switches made out of thumbs, and her favorite tattoos openly displayed as art pieces. Before we delve into her life anymore, just a quick minute to thank you all for listening and supporting Rotten to the Core. I love, love, love hearing from you all, and as always, I just wanted to express my gratitude to you all. It really makes a difference knowing that what I do and create here is reaching so many people around the world. It's also heartwarming to know that so many others share my mentality of learning lessons from the more rotten parts. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, gracias, arigato, grazie, dunca, and merci, my darlings. Now, let's learn about bad old rotten Mrs. Cock. Else was born named Marguerite Else Secoller, on September 22, 1906, in Dresden, Germany. She was possibly the daughter of a former military commander from World War I, but historians are still debating that. If you haven't caught on the trend with history, a lot of debate among historians. Due to not knowing who her father was, we aren't sure if she had any half-siblings, What we do know about her childhood is that she and her mother were among the working class and that she grew up fairly impoverished, as did most after the devastating effects of World War I. You would think that growing up having to deal with the effects would have helped prevent the Second World War, but apparently not. It fueled it, in fact. The Nazi party used the lower class as just another cog in its wheel of power, promising them that they could help raise Germany above and beyond its former glory, easily convincing them that the fascist lifestyle was more beneficial to them. Remember, folks, if you brainwash people into something, you don't have to pay them. The sad reality was that the lower class was nothing more than workers, soldiers, and breeding livestock for the SS. Their desire to create a master race led to propaganda that it was every German's responsibility to make more Germans to the point of worsening the punishments for abortions. If any form of government or organization is asking you to hate another group of people, maybe let's not do that. Let's all just hate appropriate people instead. Like pedophiles, rapists, murderers. And those people who take up the whole aisle at the grocery store and just stand there. Just stand there. During her time as a teenager, Ilse worked at a cigarette factory until she managed to go to school for accounting. Before she decided to join the Nazis, Everyone knew Elsa as a kind and friendly person. No one would have ever guessed her true internal nature. (sniffs) By the time she turned 26, she had fallen for the lies of the Nazi party and decided to join them. I couldn't find out what she did exactly for them when she initially joined, but it's easy to guess that whatever it was, it wasn't good. Quickly, she transitioned from the kind girl everyone knew into a decrepit husk of a woman. Within just four years, she was transferred to Buchenwald camp, the largest of the concentration camps, to work as an overseer and assist the man she would eventually marry, Karl Otto Koch. Karl was known to be a greedy and sadistic man, something that Ilse apparently found attractive. His brutality might have even been what actually attracted her to him. But soon, she would surpass him in everything but rank. Like most concentration camps, Buchenwald utilized slave labor of its prisoners as part of the Nazis' extermination through labor policy. Prisoners were barely fed anything and worked until they died. If they resisted by any means, they were executed instantly. It didn't matter the age of the person either. Ilse was known to help select people for execution personally and is rumored to have even laughed when children she selected were lined up to be shot. She also had a hatred of pregnant women as well even though she had three children herself. It is said that she used a modified whip with razors embedded into it to whip naked women that were pregnant. This really brought to my mind the question, how many people in the world are only good because there's a law for it? Ilse was, by all accounts, a kind woman before she joined the Nazis. Was it brainwashing or just the simple fact of not making it illegal that flipped the switch in her? I wonder how many people would be rotten if there were no laws preventing them. Just some food for thought. Some people are just more afraid of the laws than the rotten deeds they secretly wish to commit. Ilsa would continue to push her sadism to new heights... She of course believed she was too good for housework and would force prisoners to work in her home her favorite game to play was to have teenage boys work in the home and have them bring her breakfast in bed when they brought it she would be dressed in a skimpy outfit or nude and covered by a sheet if one of the boys looked at her or became uncontrollably aroused They were taken and executed. It was considered a high crime for any of the prisoners to look upon Ilse Kok, and the punishment was always a bullet to the back of the head. She enjoyed the bloodshed so much that she would often have lines of men gathered while she would lay on the ground dressed scantily, just like the boys if one so much as looked at her or saluted her with their flesh saber they would be killed instantly okay okay i hear your thoughts because they were mine too yes these men absolutely hated her but they were so sexually starved that oftentimes they couldn't control themselves at the sight of a woman's breast or thigh remember too these men haven't been as desensitized to sex as our generations have we have access to so many options at any time Oh, it would have been a thrill to see a woman in shorts let alone flaunting herself barely clothed in front of you she knew that they couldn't resist looking, it was just another sick game and maybe in her mind gave justification for what she was doing My take on her is that she didn't suffer from any kind of mental affliction or have any lasting childhood trauma that could give an inkling of accountability for her actions. I think she is just a woman who fell for political propaganda and enjoyed what she did because there were no punishments for it at that time. Ilsa was an avid equestrian and enjoyed riding her horse around the camp to scout out her next victims, again choosing them based on their tattoos, if they looked at her or if she just felt like they needed punishment. She and her husband eventually found a money-making scheme along with their butcherings. They began to take and use money that was stolen from the prisoners when they came to the camp which turned out to be quite a lot of money. Even enough for them to build a huge Olympian sports arena so Ilsa could train and ride her horses. Of course, utilizing prison labor, still, it cost what would have been in today's money close to $1 million. It would seem that the deadly couple also had an open marriage. Or that... Old Otto just didn't care that his wife was diddling other men whenever he left camp. It would, though, help lead to their eventual downfall. While she was entertaining other men, she caught a little something. Rhymes with shmushmifilis. Well, when her husband found out at one of his doctor appointments that he had contracted the venereal disease he had the doctor and attendant killed to keep the secret. Well, when one of their superiors decided to look at the list of executions at the camp, he noticed the name of the doctor that Otto Koch had killed. It was the same doctor who had treated him at a separate camp years earlier. From what we can tell, they were free to kill all the prisoners they desired. But now... They have gone too far and murdered someone deemed useful. The couple was then split up. Otto was sent to a separate camp in Poland, where he continued to work thousands of prisoners to death or killed them in gas chambers. Ilse remained at Buchenwald and continued her brutality. You see, it wasn't the sadistic murders that brought the demise of the Coxs. It was their embezzling of prisoners' stolen money that did them in. After the incident with the doctor, an investigation was conducted on the couple, and their crimes were revealed and viewed as an embarrassment to the SS. After another judge requested their arrest by Gestapo police, they were finally brought to justice. For all of the thousands of prisoners Otto had brought to death, He was charged with the unauthorized murder of just three men, the doctor who treated him for syphilis included. His punishment for the crime is honestly poetic justice, if I say so myself. Otto was imprisoned at Buchenwald and shot by a firing squad at the same camp he helped start. Now, the first trial for Elsa was a bit different. She was not tried for the murder of anyone, but was instead tried for her involvement with the embezzling money from the camp. However, she would eventually be acquitted of it. She managed to escape justice until the end of the war. Which, at the end, Koch was arrested and charged with participating in a common criminal plan for encouraging, aiding, abetting, and participating in the atrocities at Buchenwald. In 1947, an American military tribunal found Koch guilty and sentenced her to life imprisonment. During her imprisonment, it was revealed that she was pregnant and she gave birth to a son, and he was removed from her and raised without the knowledge of who his parents were. You won't believe this, but after just two years— She was pardoned and again escaped punishment for her crimes. But wait, there's more. The public wasn't too keen on forgiving her. And as more evidence from the camp came forward, they demanded that she be retried. And thankfully, the German courts agreed, and in 1949 she was arrested again and brought forth to face judgment. This time... All of her creations were brought in so the jury could see the truth of her brutality. That, along with witnesses and other testimonies, even though during the whole trial, she attempted to portray herself as a helpless woman who just followed orders and has no idea how those lampshades of human flesh ended up in my home, the jury wasn't buying any of it, though. And she was sentenced to life imprisonment on January 15, 1951, for the murder of only 135 of the thousands of prisoners she killed. Once the crimes of their parents came to light, the other three children of the Cox fell apart The oldest son committed suicide, and it is believed that the daughters both changed their names and possibly moved out of the country. I mean, wouldn't you? Well, remember that son I mentioned that was born in prison? He eventually pieced together who his mother was after seeing her name on his birth certificate while in foster care. Years later, he came across her name again, this time in a newspaper article, and after verifying it with his legal guardian, he'd learned the identity of his mother. He went to go see her the first time in 1966 when he visited her at the prison where she was held. He claims that they had a very pleasant visit and that she in no way seemed like the woman the papers claimed her to be during her final days elsa began to suffer from seeing the ghosts of her actions claiming that prisoners from the camp were visiting her in her dreams and that she would see them haunting her in her cell the guilt of her atrocities it seemed had finally caught up to her ilsa Koch was found dead by self-inflicted hanging in her prison cell on september 1st 1967 Weeks before her 61st birthday, she had tied her sheets together to form a noose. She was only ever to be mourned by her youngest son, whom she managed to convince that she was still human. A quote from him, She was no innocent angel. She was a hussy who rode horseback in sexy underwear in front of the prisoners and then noted down for punishment the numbers of those who looked at her. She lay around in her garden in front of prisoners, simply primitive. But she had nothing to do with the lampshade business, and she did not deserve such a draconic punishment. She was a victim of horror stories. Her son continued to attempt to clear his mother's name even after her death. Poor fella. I do feel for him. We all would wish that our parents were good people just... Caught in a wheel of fear and orders, it would be hard to accept what the Cox did to all those poor people. Bless his heart. This lesson really opened my eyes to what some people are capable of if there aren't any laws protecting their victims. The Cox got away with so much for so long simply because the majority of their victims weren't considered human enough to be granted the opportunity to live. Through the Nazi party's propaganda, they were viewed as less than farm animals, allowing people like Ilse Koch to flourish in their evil endeavors. I thank you and appreciate you for joining me on this episode of Run to the Core. Hitler wasn't the only devil during World War II. It would appear that I could do a whole series just on SS members alone. Out of all of them, though, Ilse Cox stuck out to me for not only the human leather crafts, but also that she was just such a heartless woman who seemed to enjoy casting pain onto others. If you enjoy listening to Rotten to the Core, please follow me on Instagram at It's Rotten to the Core. Please also leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts at. I also have a Patreon if you would like to join. I'm going to be adding bonus content after each episode called Behind the Mirror. That link is patreon.com slash It's Rotten to the Core. Take care, and again, thank you for joining me, your not-so-evil queen, Joshua Waters, on another episode of Run to the Core. Talk at you later. This episode is produced by Arclight Media. If you enjoy this podcast, go check out some of our other ones at it's itsarclightmedia.com.